You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say, stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along with me today, as always. For those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, time of the live broadcast happens to be on Sunday. July 24th, and we have the honor once again of having the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. Now, had that conversation with him earlier today, and I will be playing for you the recordings of that, uh, as it did run a little long, as it has been as of late, and uh, divided it up into three segments for today's broadcast purposes. So, with no further ado... 
I will go ahead and begin airing part one of my three-part series conversation with Ron Edwards. Uh, thanks for being here, and we'll cover some more topics after all is said and done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for uh, being here. Today, we have, uh, we've kind of rekindled a, a tradition that we had going on here at Tap Into the Truth for a while. Uh, I affectionately call the uh, this little segment the Sunday Afternoon Conversation with Ron Edwards. Yes, that's right. Joining me once again, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Uh, yes, sir. It is, in fact, the Ron Edwards. Ron, again, thank you so very much for uh, giving up uh, part of your very precious time on Sundays. I, I know that uh, when you're in this business, you get so little time to yourself, and you still have family stuff to do and all these other things, and, and, and it's just, it means a lot to me and to the listeners that uh, you block off that little bit of time for us. So thank you for that, and how are you today? Good, good. And I thank you so much for the invite. That's uh, also uh, very noteworthy that uh, you you want me on the show. And um, I appreciate that and uh, appreciate your audience as well. And thank thank you very much. All right. Well, let's kind of jump right into things. So we have got a rather ambitious schedule, especially considering uh, normally when we get into these conversations, we uh, we spend some actual time discussing it rather than just doing that little 30-second blurb business you typically get on most shows. Uh, let's start with what I think may be, while we've seen a lot of coverage of it, I still don't think it's being properly given its due for how important this is, if it's true. And, and I'm still looking for some type of verification. The fact that the ATF has not come out and disputed it yet, and the fact that we know that the uh, the Biden administration is very much about gun control, they're looking for any excuse they can come up with. I want to talk about this video footage we've seen, this uh, uh, doorbell camera, the gentleman uh, caught were individuals claiming to be from the ATF, along with what looked like a Delaware state trooper. Uh, they showed up, and they were literally looking to get physical verification that this man had what was listed as two recent uh, firearm purchases, claiming that they are now expected to uh, go and personally verify that you're not conducting straw purchases if you purchase more than one firearm at a time. Now, this is a guy who had legally purchased the firearm. He had went through the background check, and everything seemed to be on the up and up. So if this is true, and I keep saying that because it's so hard to imagine that they would even attempt this. I mean, I get it if they're being told to. I get their federal agents and everything. But at the same time, this is so unconstitutional on so many fronts because, first and foremost, even though you've done everything legal, you're being asked to give up your Fourth Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights, and all of your due process just because you're now being asked to prove that you are innocent of a crime they don't even have reason to believe that you committed. Uh, what are, what's your take on this? Well, you uh, are well aware, and I'm sure that most of your listening audience is well aware, uh, when you see actions like this, they're testing their the market. And what I mean by that is that they're seeing how much they can get away with, how much uh, they can continue to push us and push us and push us without any big repercussions from we the people. And uh, trust me on this, something this egregious, I'm sure they went back and 
gave each other high fives or low fives or whatever, wrist bumps or fist, fist bumps, um, just happy that they were not, uh, that there hasn't been a big backlash. And how we, the people, are continue to allow our unalienable God-given rights to be squandered, stepped upon, pushed further back, uh, at least in their uh, adult brains. And uh, it, it, it just goes on and on and on. This is why I continue to say on so many issues, Tim, that we, the people, in huge, massive numbers, after we did the math and everything, it's about 80 million, need to stand up and say, no, we're not going to take it anymore. Plus, I would like to offer publicly free classes for anyone, any candidate who's running for office, for ATF agents, for anyone who's in office, especially on the federal level, free classes on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And if they don't understand it, we can do it romper room style just for their level of thinking, because obviously they're pretty either very stupid or very evil to do something like this in the United States of America today. And I will add that if the American people don't stand up and rise up against this madness, they too are very stupid. Well, I mean, we have talked about uh, how so many folks have become victims of mush break. Now, we hadn't put it in those terms, but I, I think that is a pretty good descriptor. Uh, the left has taken over our educational institutions, and they continue to convince uh, children that uh, just by listening to them, they know way more than their parents do. And uh, we're, we're seeing the full ramifications of it. And it's mind-blowing to think that these people show up. Now, I, if you've actually watch the video, which I think a lot of us have by now. It's hard to have missed it. Uh, there is this one point in the full-length video, you don't often see it in the short clips that are played here and there, where one of the uh, folks dressed up like an officer makes the comment, I don't think this guy thinks we're police. But when you look at some of these guys and, and how they're dressed and showing up, I don't know that I would have believed they were police <laughs> the way they showed up. But yeah. the, the, the ATF agent, they, they tried to be so professional. And, and at the same time, I keep wondering if this isn't something more, because we know the left wants a list. That's the only reason why they want universal background checks. They want to know who has the guns so they know who to look at first if things get hairy. And we all know that the left is pushing us to a point where uh, it's entirely possible that at some point in the near future, things could get very hairy indeed. They want to take our guns because a disarmed public is a subservient public. Uh, if you have really? to fight with uh, sticks and stones, uh, normally uh, the government's going to have the advantage. And uh, it's a shame that we even have to have that conversation. And again, for uh, all those lefties that are listening, I'm not calling for that action. I'm just uh, saying that uh, when it comes down to it, if you keep pushing the way you have been, that still might be exactly what you get. And you probably aren't going to like the results if you get it, because no matter how prepared you think you are, you're not. But uh, you know, we're literally looking at this situation where we haven't had much pushback. We've got some outrage from some of the more conservative uh, out, uh, outlets where you can get actual news. But uh, on the few places among the left-leaning 
mainstream legacy media. Uh, if they've talked about this at all, they have talked about it in the uh, the consequence. Uh, they tried to put it in the uh, the narrative that why are right wingers so worried about this? This is just common sense, or uh, this is just uh, police officers trying to do their job, uh, which we know for a fact that that's not what this is at all. This isn't them doing their jobs, uh, and it's certainly not legal for them to do this, whether they passed a law or not. The Constitution trumps it, and uh, I, I just I wonder who you have to be to even file a lawsuit uh, to move this forward to get this in front of the Supreme Court, because of course you have to have standing and all that. But uh, forget the standpoint of the uh, the people, and let's look at the standpoint of. Is this legitimately something the Biden administration honestly thinks that they can enforce and not face any repercussions for? Yes, that is something they feel that they can enforce and not uh, uh, face any kind of repercussions because look how much this administration and prior administrations have done and gotten away with. If I were on their side, I would think I would be sending ATF agents out too. Because I would be under the um, belief that I could just about do anything I want to do, especially when you have a, a, a huge um, number of law-abiding Americans who are not committing criminal act actions, who are observing every single day, especially every weekend, where thugs are committing all kinds of hor horrendous acts in the streets of uh, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Detroit, Cleveland, the East Side in particular, East St. Louis, wherever. Maybe even possibly even Nashville somewhere. But and, 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 and these thugs are getting away with it. If you commit, a, if I if I were to walk down Fifth Avenue right now, especially as a being a black man, if I were to walk down Fifth Avenue right now and I decide, you know what? I think I want to bulk up my uh, wardrobe. And I decide to go into one of the one beautiful stores, or let's say I go to Carroll Square and 34th Street and and do a little burglarizing. Or do the same thing on Redea Drive. And in the mix of it, someone gets in my way and I beat the crap out of them because someone tried to play hero. If I were in New York, after beating your behind, taking what I want, I'd be out back out of uh, the prison system before the police officers completed their paperwork. So, yes, we, the people, have, I don't know if ignorance, fear, or laziness have allowed so much to happen that, yes, and I will say this again, if I were on their side, I would be doing this and more because whatever the evil side can get away with, they're going to continue. They're no different than street bullies, we had to encounter growing up. And once you beat the bully, the bully, the bully left you alone. But until then, they did more, they did more, they did more and did more. And government is nothing more than a bigger bully. That's all they are. And they're no good. And by the way, some ATF agent comes to my house or they come to my house in that manner. I'm not going to comply. I will risk and I'll, I'll, if, I have, if I have to get arrested or whatever, I will get arrested get a good lawyer and, and try to start the ball rolling in that manner and just keep it going and uh, try to get others to join in and make something big out of this because I, and, 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 and part of the lawsuit would be based upon the fact that, wait a minute, you're wasting money coming after me, but yet you spend our tax dollars 
allowing criminals to not only come across our borders, but to beat the be whip the behinds of old people walking down a second avenue in New in New York City. So go to hell. I tell them, go to tell smell, go to hell. Hang your bitches on a nail. I'm not going to comply. Yeah. Well, yeah, that kind of uh, cuts into uh, already answering part of what my next question for you was going to be. And that was, of course, uh, what should the average person do should this happen? Uh, because here's the deal. We know for a fact now that this actually happened in Delaware, which, uh, yeah. again, Delaware is one of those freer uh freer loving states in the uh the the general new england area uh they they kind of stand stand apart from the rest of them because the rest of them are pretty blue and seem to embrace uh, ideas of collectivism above uh, individuality uh, but we have reports from other states that folks are showing up on their doorsteps, too. Uh, evidently, some of these folks identify themselves as FBI as well. Uh, so there is a likelihood that if this is completely legitimate and they are doing this, and it certainly seems like at some ex to some degree they are, and it may be just like you said, just a testing of the water to see how much they can do before they get the pushback. But what should the actual response be? Because in my mind, I'm thinking uh, you see this guy end up complying, mostly because I think it's the natural instinct for most law-abiding citizens that if they're convinced that you are law enforcement and you're just trying to do your job, uh, we want to try to be as helpful as we can in making that happen. It's just It becomes reflexive if you are a law-abiding citizen. But uh, I, I tend to think this is a case where uh, being as respectful as possible, you have to just kind of tell them to go pound stand. Uh, so that, uh, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, well, here's the situation, uh, sir, uh, officer, uh, agent, whoever you may be. Uh, when it comes right down to it, uh, you don't have a legal right to uh, command me to do this without a warrant. And so uh, I'm going to very politely ask you to leave. And if you want to come back with a warrant, then you can take a look at uh, everything that's on the warrant then. Uh, but until then, uh, I am not going to uh, do anything that's going to give up any of my constitutional uh, rights uh, where I have the right to privacy. I have a right, uh, a right to, against unreasonable search and seizures. And I certainly have a right to due process where you, at the very least, have to tell me that I've been accused of a crime before I have to offer up any evidence to the contrary. Um, I probably would imagine you're not going to get very many folks uh, going through all that, but what should they say? And is that even close to what you, <laughs> to how you would put it if you were talking to someone? That's yes, that, that's it. I mean, and I would add that I am not even biblically required to comply with unjust laws or unjust declarations. I'm not. And since our, our Constitution and Bill of Rights are inspired by the Word of God, and the, the, the principles are concrete, they're ironclad, that's what I'm standing upon. And I would tell them, sirs, you have no legal right to be here. And even with a warrant, based upon the Constitution, and I've done no crime, what, what, how can you have a warrant for something criminal when there's no, been no criminal activity? All right. So there, therefore, I would just tell them, like you said, and you're very nice about it, go pound sand, you know, go make bricks somewhere uh, like they used to do in ancient Egypt. Go spend your time, since you're not going after real criminals anyway, 
um, you know, go do what you need to do. Take your family on a vacation, but leave me the hell alone because I'm not going to comply. And uh, and like I said, I would risk it would be better to risk getting arrested and whatever than to comply, because I, I could not as a man, knowing what I know about our laws, I couldn't as a man look at my look myself in the mirror because I look at it this way. You, I may be technically wrong, Tim, but I don't think I am. I owe it to my fellow Americans, my fellow citizens, well, sovereigns. The the if I'm in a position to do something that is morally right, I'm in, I I think I'm obligated to do that, and it would be immoral and a bad example, and and set and would be helping to set up a domino effect of negativity against the rest of the people if I am approached illegally by the government and I just okay, okay, you, what, what do you want? Or oh, all right, here you go. I would be doing a disservice to my my fellow sovereigns, and I, I just couldn't do it. I don't have the I don't have the heart to um, to comply with something that is evil and that is wrong, and that will not only affect myself and my family and my and my uh, fellow sovereigns. I just uh, it couldn't do it, Tim. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd like to think most people would uh, feel the same. Uh, I know that that's not accurate, <laughs> but I would like to think. Uh, but I, I really don't think too many people uh, think about it in those same terms, Ron. Uh, uh, you're looking at it as here I am in a position to stand up and do the right thing so that maybe some other innocent person doesn't have to. I can save somebody else the misery of having to go through this. But again, uh, even just looking back at this particular uh, doorbell uh, camera footage, I don't think that's the mindset that this guy had. He was approached. It felt very professional. It felt very courteous, uh, which is part of what I think convinced him it was legitimate. And I think ultimately uh, he just wanted not to be compliant. He wasn't thinking in terms, uh, I would imagine, like a lot of people in the country, we still want to believe, Ron, that uh, law enforcement's going to do only the things that are legal. We don't like believing, even though we watch uh, a lot of movies where cops are the bad guys, we still don't like believing in real life that the law enforcement agents that we entrust with these jobs are going to be going around knowingly doing the wrong things. And in some cases, I think even the agents themselves are victims of bad information or they're bullied into, if you like your job, you want to keep your job, you're going to do what we tell you. Don't give us this lawyer BS. Uh, you're not a lawyer. Uh, so he, you run in this situation, but it feels like you're you're not complying with something illegal or evil. You're just trying to help out law enforcement in doing their job. Do we really need to push back against that instinct and do people like you and me in the uh, course of us giving our message on this, make sure that people understand you're not being disrespectful in demanding your constitutional rights. Uh, they're overstepping their legal authority, and they'll prove that by their failure to go get that warrant, because I don't think there's very many judges, even the most lefty of the leftist activist judges, that are going to issue a warrant of this nature without them being able to justify the true suspicion of some type of criminal activity and just saying, hey, I bought three firearms at a gun show last uh, week. Uh, I don't think that constitutes a significant grounds for belief that I'm committing straw purchases, which would be illegal and would be grounds. Yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm in agreement with you, but I would just I I, I just just want to urge my fellow Americans who are listening to us that if you are approached in such an illegal manner, you are not obligated by God or our Constitution, which recognizes actually technically it's the Bill of Rights that recognizes our unable rights, which ultimately come from God. And by the way, see, there's a there's a little trick in all of this. I remember when my dad used to tell me, he used to imitate, I, I guess there were people that were not as, as bright as we would think they should be. And they were running around saying, I want, I want my constitutional rights. Okay. And he had me to read the Constitution. And I said, well, this is the corral of, on government. And so Lyndon Baines Johnson, he said, okay, all right, you can have your constitutional rights. You got it. And guess what happened, Tim? Everything was reversed. The, 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 the monumental economic strides that black Americans were making every decade were brought to a whole for the overall black community. While the black community became bamboozled into paying attention to a few media elite stars like Jesse, hey, where's the camera? Jackson and Al Windbag Sharpton and, and other charlatans, while they raped the ability of the uh, overall black community to remain prosperous, as they were, even in segregation. In, in segregation, the black community was much more cohesive and um, uh, together than it is now because with this so-called more with this 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 more inclusive society that we have today they took away morality and common sense and now you have a situation where people don't know none that got that mixed up when it comes to these kinds of things not only in the black community now but in the white community because if this guy in that video had his wits totally about him he would have told them what you said or what i said nope not going to comply, not going to do it. Have a nice day. So it, it's, it's, it's see, lack of, it's not just a, a lack of knowledge, Tim. It's a lack of chutzpah. Americans are so afraid. I've never seen in the history of the world where you have such an armed society, but they're afraid for the most part to do anything because we have been so bamboozled in the brain we're even being chemically lessened so that we're less likely to fight and stand tall. So even though we are heavily armed as a society, there is no guarantee that we will rise up no matter how draconian the government acts. They they have gotten to the point where they can be draconian and we, we could be fully armed. So that that to me is more scary than anything else. And by and, and us complying with constitutional rights, well, constitution is the, the, the thing that corrals government. So they switched it, and, and that's why my dad called it the bastardized rights movement. They switched it when the communists took over, and so the corrals and the, the, the inhibiting factors that were once there to control government now are used to c- control we the people. And the government has all the freedom in their adult brains, has all the freedom, and we allow this this, this bass backwards way of uh, doing things in this country. Yeah, it it is unfortunate. Actually, you can go back and see why there were concerns about this someday happening, even all the way back before the Constitution was even ratified. Again, uh, those uh, 
it shouldn't be recommended reading. It should be required reading. You take yes. a look at the Federalist Papers, and you get to see the debate on even having the Bill of Rights written down in the first place, because the concern there was at some point someone would believe that those, in fact, were the only rights that you had, and the government had free reign over everything else instead of the actuality where they deemed these rights to be the most precious among them that required that they be enshrined for longer. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the worst visions of humanity that the uh, Founding Fathers had in regards to giving us our republic for as long as we could keep it uh, <laughs> have come true. And we're living in a time where we have all these dystopian futures that are all around us, and we're living right smack dab in the middle of a, a version of all of them. Uh, Ron, let, let's take a little bit of a break, and uh, when we come back, uh, I'm going to try to get at least one more of those topics I was uh, looking at. I'm going to try to split the time, because uh, we've been talking about it forever, and I definitely, definitely want us to be able to start talking about those seven pillars, and uh, I'm afraid we may not have enough time to do it justice. We may need to just get together and do a special project. <laughs> or something because they are important but in the meanwhile stay where you're at ron we'll be right back and uh, uh those of you fine listeners out there you stay where you're at and uh, we'll be right back with ron edwards after this brief break i'm ron edwards host of the edwards notebook and you're listening to tim tap and tap into the truth i got no thrill on Capitol Hill They listened until Their faces turned blue If the United States is to be great again, she must return to and exercise the principles that made her the one-time envy of the world. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Despite every imperfection America's constant critics can complain about, the Founding Fathers formed the greatest example of government ever conceived and implemented. It was a government and nation based upon the convictions set forth in the Declaration of Independence and creation of the Constitution and the unalienable rights endowed by our Holy Creator. The future of our Republic was based upon such wise literature as the Federalist Papers, the Law of Nations, the common sense of governing a representative Republic, and also the wisdom of God's Holy Word in the Bible. Hopefully, before it's too late, which could be very soon, considering our wide-open borders and the multifaceted leftist effort to destroy the United States from within, that we will gather our wits, seek God's wisdom, and in the effort to repair the damage while seeking his forgiveness for what hath been wrought. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. To find out where and when to find the Ron Edwards American Experience, go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, 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 excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. 
Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. This is Tom Caldwell, innocent January 6th defendant and proud Navy veteran. You're listening to the Voice of Reasons. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Hope you will get some Constitutional Grounds coffee. Uh, that is the coffee you want in your cup. Uh, trust me on this one. And uh, sat back with that cup of coffee and enjoy the remainder of my conversation with Ron Edwards that we will get to right after this brief reminder that it is still summertime. In fact, we are in the midst of summertime. There's still plenty of time to get out there and have, make some great summer memories. And nobody's going to help you with that more than 10-day ice at half the price. That's why we're talking about blue coolers. Uh, there will be a link in today's show description. Please follow that link so that they know I'm the one that sent you. And check out everything Blue Coolers has to offer. Whether you're looking for a brand new cooler, whether you're looking to get some accessories to a cooler that you've already ordered from Blue Coolers, or perhaps you want to get something of high quality, but you don't need 10 days of ice, well, uh, then check out the brand new in 22 lineup, the uh, Cobalt line from Blue Coolers. Uh, not quite as much insulation, uh, so they can give you a more economical price, but it's still tremendous value. When you're looking for the most bang for your buck with anything that's going to help you move forward with uh, getting outside for the summer and still keeping the items you need kept cold, cold, uh, Blue Coolers is the way to go. And now, more with Ron Edwards. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for uh, staying with me through that very brief break. And, of course, if you were here earlier, uh, you're well aware of the fact that I'm now joined by the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, before we get into anything, I wanted to tell you a, a little funny story 
<laughs> I shot you the information and I actually sent a message to Doug uh, as soon as I got the email come across the board. But I had gotten a warning the week before uh, from YouTube. Uh, that uh, I, I needed to be very cautious about the material. Now, I, I've never bothered trying to monetize the YouTube channel. It's just one of those streams that's uh, auto-distributed through Spreaker. So when I upload on the Spreaker, uh, it's established it. All I did was switch it over to a channel for the show. Uh, mm -hmm. but what what they do is they uh, disperse it. And uh, the audience over at YouTube, I've never promoted it, never thought too much about it, just because, uh, again, I know there's not a lot of tolerance for conservative viewpoints there. Uh, so I figured that if three people are watching it, then that's two more people than I thought would. So uh, it, it's still an opportunity. So I'll go along with it. But I got an email warning uh, last week about uh, – uh, some of the material that covered claiming that I we were now violating uh, policies. And then, uh, then sure as the world, uh, last Friday, I got another email, this time uh, telling me that I had broken that same community uh, policy again. Uh, and this, of course, was my conversation with you. Uh, <laughs> now, part of what I thought was funny is both of the broadcasts that they were looking at had already been up by the time I got the first warning. But I have gotten the just the very small slap on the wrist. I've gotten a weak banishment from the platform where I can't put anything new up, and uh, I'm going to have to be a good boy moving forward. But that terrible, terrible sin we committed, Ron, uh, <laughs> we talked about. Uh, the uh, 2020 elections and, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts about what had occurred. And evidently, just even a discussion that mentions the fact that there may have been some level of shenanigans, whether it was enough to overturn the election results or not, that seems to be just uh, it's too dangerous for public consumption over at YouTube. So I just wanted to get a real quick reaction from you on that and how funny that was, because uh, I'm sure you remember our conversation, and I, I don't think it's of the more dangerous variety. In fact, we've probably said some things today that are a little more dangerous than that, and not that anything we've said is dangerous yet. But uh, <laughs> just uh, your thoughts on that real quick before we get back to the main topics. Well, this is the childish nature of, of leftists. They're nothing more than than adult children with adult peanut brains. Well, I don't want to insult peanuts. I like them. Uh, you know, they, they have, you know, little chinchilla brains. How about that? And they, they, they don't know anything and got that mixed up when it comes to what is right and what is good in society. And their mission is to destroy. They're part of the effort to destroy this country. And this is what it's all about. And anything that has a chance, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's one one thousandth of a, of a percentage of a chance to uh, exhibit a bit of truth to others. They don't like that and they want to destroy that because that's the only thing they have to stand upon. Tim, I mean, if you go ideas to ideas, if you go into a, 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 a just a, a good open debate. If you put facts against and truths against their drivel, they lose every time with most people, except those that actually agree with their destruction. Other than that, they lose and they know it. They are the mental and spiritual equivalent of drinking rubbing alcohol. It's destructive. 
It's destructive, and uh, this is what their mission is. And the intelligence you exhibit and others, when we discuss these these issues, which is uh, in a way to help our fellow man, not hinder anyone, they don't like that. And so uh, we're this is part of the war, and uh, they, that's why there are other avenues to utilize, such as Rumble, uh, Stitcher. There, there are others. Truth Social, and and the list is growing. Yeah. So to to you people on YouTube, hear me here. Since you all are listening, hear me now as I say this: Screw you. How about that? Screw you real tight. <laughs> well, uh, I think that might be a, an idea of affection for some of them. They may not quite get the Whoa. gist of that, Rod. Should I take it? Should I take it back? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we jump into anything else, too, uh, let me real quick let uh, you have uh, uh, the floor to let everybody know where they can find your work. I appreciate that, Tim. Thanks so much. Well, you can uh, enjoy the Ron Edwards American Experience Monday through Friday on kstartalkradio.com. Uh, it's on other networks as well and radio stations, blah, blah, blah. But that's the starting point. Uh, you can also check out uh, recordings on Spotify and everywhere you can find podcasts, everywhere, literally, iHeartRadio and it's the Ron Edwards American Experience. And we are on daily, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Um, and it's just a, a, a fun show that tells it like it is, tells the truth. And um, and it is a, I believe, um, the mission is to be a blessing to our fellow Americans and people around the world. Tim, we've had uh, as many as 47 countries listening in uh together so um it, it's growing and it's a, it's a good time and you can catch us on the weekends as well on the nevada talk radio network um at 12 p.m pacific and on the american america matters uh, network at um on saturdays at 7 a.m and uh and on kfoy reno nevada and i won't get into other you know radio stations and all that you can look up the information on theronedwards.com. That's theronedwards.com. And it's uh, being brought to you by, of course, Constitutional Grounds Coffee. All right. And, you know, it, it is fantastic that uh, the blessing that the Internet has been for radio stations and for digital platforms, because, uh, like you mm -hmm. said, now there are folks all around the world uh, that uh, can listen in. And I myself have seen an influx of foreign listenership. In fact, uh, there have been uh, a few months uh, here recently where my listenership in India has actually been higher than in the U.S. without a drop-off in the U.S. numbers. So, you know, it's just one of those fun things. It's like, wow, uh, people are thirsty for the truth and for mm -hmm. liberty. And yeah. uh, you see that uh, from folks around the world. They still look to America to be a leader in that realm. And unfortunately, my friend, uh, people like you and I have been thrust into a position where we need to be those leaders because we are the real voice of conservatism. Uh, I, I saw uh, where several other uh, fellow hosts that uh, I have relationships with also received bans from YouTube uh, this past week and mm. uh, over something as similarly silly. And I think 
more than anything, it is because they deem what we are saying to be far more dangerous for their hopes of winning the midterm elections, because that is the timing here. And they know that we're about to get serious about pushing uh, the truth. And part of that truth we need to talk about is uh, one of the president's children. Well, I, I hate to even call him the president. I usually just say Joe Biden and leave it at that. The current uh, uh, installed head of the regime is a more apt description, I believe, uh, although he's a figurehead only. Uh, Hunter Biden, uh, evidently there seems to be a lot of uh, momentum, I will call it, uh, at least in the discussions, that they may actually charge Hunter Biden with some of the crimes that he has been committing for a long term. Obviously, they're still looking at some of the lesser crimes. They're still looking at his failure to register as a foreign agent, and that's almost laughable considering what he actually did going around collecting money for the Biden crime family, <laughs> his bribe money to get access to the White House. But, uh, you know, it does look like they may go ahead and charge him with something and then try to give him a little slap on the wrist. But there's still some question as to whether or not that's still going to happen at all. So uh, I know this is something that uh, you have little choice but to keep an eye on. So what's your impression so far of the discussion, and do you think they're going to charge uh, Hunter with anything? Um, and will that affect the midterms if they do? I think they're going to indict him on something that is a fairly um, lightweight. I mean, it, it may be partially a little significant. Uh, it'll make a lot of noise. Uh, and the reason why I think they're going to do that to cover their backsides, because if the Republicans take retake the um the House, by a substantial margin, they'll be in a position to um, have these investigations, these committees, commissions, whatever, and uh, really get into the weeds and maybe do something. However, if you're already indicted, there's nothing legally you can do in court because then the judges can say, well, I'm uh, sorry, we're, there's uh, nothing uh, further we can do right now because he's already indicted and uh, this is being dealt with right now. So, um I think to cover their backsides from the bigger issues of the day, I think they are going to indict him on something. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And certainly what you're saying makes a lot of sense, uh, a way to try and legally maneuver themselves and give themselves some clearance, a little CYA action there. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, when it comes to the midterms, does this also provide them cover for losing? Uh, could they continue to do what they've been doing since uh, the story of the uh, laptop first broke, and that is get cover from mainstream media and from social media and claim that, once again, it's disinformation that led to such a drastic change in things? Could there be a little of that in play also? Yeah, that, that too. Um, I, I don't put anything past the leftist at all. And, and uh, what you just said is is very plausible. I mean, that you can put all of these ideas on the table together and they're all possible. I mean, these people, the, the one thing about the left, and that is because they are cohesively working together and they're not afraid to, to, to push out there on what they believe. 
and uh, fight back or start messes or whatever because they feel they can get away with whatever and do whatever they want. So, so Tim, I, I cannot um, argue against your, your, your concept there at all. Yeah. Well, we know the left uh, is really good at uh, two things, uh, yelling and screaming when they don't get their way and uh, coming up with excuses when their plans don't work. But that's because they don't really have any experience celebrating when their plans do work because they never do. Spoiler alert. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Just real quick, too, on kind of a related note, uh, one of the things that the uh, registering as a foreign agent thing brings to mind when you talk about Hunter Biden is the Ukraine. And right now, it's become a pretty popular idea that Ukraine has become a little more than a staging area for money laundering, uh, putting U.S. taxpayer dollars into the hands of certain politicians once again, uh, as it was often said it was in the past. And uh, you yourself have made that point uh, on multiple occasions, even as uh, Russia was invading this just looks like another excuse to continue that. We got word Friday, Ron, that another $270 million of U.S. taxpayer dollars is going to be sent to the Ukraine for military help. And that doesn't even count the humanitarian aid that's being sent and has been sent and is part of an agreement with European banking forces. Uh, at this point, prolonging the Ukraine uh, situation is only costing lives. It's not saving lives. Uh, is there, in your mind, a true justification for sending this much taxpayer money to Ukraine, especially given the fact that we are in a recession uh, and that we just don't have enough money for ourselves right now? <laughs> uh, correct. We do not have enough money for ourselves, and the money we do have is uh, losing value by the hour, maybe the minute. Oh, wait a minute. By the second, um, considering how it's being cranked out and spent uh, at the rate that it is, it is uh, totally asinine. It is un- it, 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 there's no logical reason to continue to fund the Ukrainian situation, because um, if it were not for the actions of Ukraine and the uh, NATO allies, I can guarantee you that Putin not, would not have gone in there. He, and he's much closer to the situation than we are. And the little bit that I know, I understand his justification for going in there. And if I were in his situation, yes, I would have gone in there. I would have, whether I was a communist uh, leader or not, based upon what they've been doing in Ukraine and some of the things that he himself, not himself, but his, his, his military has exposed with the un- under- underground tunnels and things of that nature. Uh, I, the United States government is, is evil for continuing to support Ukraine. And, I, and this, this has nothing to do with my feelings about Putin as an individual. I'm just speaking, I'm being very refined with my with my comments here and concerns to what has happened and what Putin has been correct in regards to Ukraine. And he's been talking about this stuff for a long time. It, it, he, he didn't just start yapping a year ago. He's been talking about the hypocrisy of Ukraine and NATO. You call yourselves Christian nations and Christian people, and you, you are totally dastardly in, in, in your actions. And uh, you you do nothing to stand for freedom amongst yourselves and your hypocrites. 
And that is why, Tim, this day, he has moved much closer, much, very rapidly, much closer to Iran. And it's because of Joe Biden and company that uh, he may now, Russia may become permanent friends with China. And at one time, they were not bosom buddies, even though they were doing a few things here and there, even when Trump was in office. But it was nothing like what's going on now. They can they can really put a hurt on the United States. And so when the United States of America is totally hypocritical in her actions around the world, which she has been, especially in, in these last these years, these these months under the Biden regime. Where what we're witnessing is is a turning away from the United States and our influence is rapidly evaporating around the world. And uh, you can blame the federal government, not Putin for this. You can blame the federal government, not Xi Jinping. You can blame the, the federal government um, and not, uh, what's his name, Rocket Man. It's, it, it's, it's, it, the problem starts with us, this, this federal government, man. And to, to you take a real close look at what this federal government has been supporting for many years and why they so hated Donald Trump because he really wanted to get in there and clean out these weeds, to really clean it up so that America would be strong and seen differently than the great pretender. And that's what we are now. This would be an appropriate time to, to, to install that song, The Great Pretender. I think it came out in the 1950s. And that this is what the United States government states government is is, is in now, uh, the the role of the great pretender, and she's been that way with the exception of the the um, Trump years and the Reagan years. Other than that, with Ukraine, she has been full of crap, and it has come the, the ch chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, it is unfortunate that uh, the agenda seems to be pretty well laid out. Uh, the desire to create parity and to create a level of unity against the United States instead of continuing to be the shining beacon that, uh, that we should always strive to be, that we were intended to be. Uh, say what you want to about the Founding Fathers. Uh, this is a great experiment, our, uh, our constitutionally federated republic, that was envisioned by God, not by men. It was a vision that was shared and revealed into men, and these young men at the time literally risked everything to make it happen. And in our modern age, Ron, we see far too many folks that are just willing to toss it away without much thought. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what kind of brings me into this next level. So we're going to take a, a very brief break at this point, and then uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at the seven pillars and what I'd like to do uh, moving forward for the next uh, few broadcasts, Ron, is uh, we will take a look at one particular part of those seven pillars. And today uh, we'll take a look at the media as you've laid it out. But in the meanwhile, uh, you guys stay where you are. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, 
Uh, you'll get to hear this uh, coming up in just the next little bit. If you're listening on terrestrial radio, uh, the, you'll have to tune in to the same time tomorrow because uh, this is <laughs> this is going to be carried over into the second hour, I'm afraid. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay where you are if you're listening to the podcast. And uh, guys, uh, if you're not, you better tune in tomorrow. You're not going to want to hear this next part of the conversation. Uh, but for those of us that are saying goodbye, Ron, if if you uh, will indulge me, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, we'll say this one more time, uh, so the podcast listeners will get a double dose. But at this point, they understand. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Ron, and you keep up the good work. Thank you, and it's an honor to be with you and your wonderful audience. And uh, uh, much success to you and uh, much wisdom as you continue to um, do these broadcasts. And uh, thank God for, for folks like you. All right. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. And uh, same to you. God bless you for all the hard work you're doing. And, uh, you know, just stay at it. We need warriors, Ron. And thankfully, you're one of the good ones. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ron Edwards of the uh, Ron Edwards American Experience and the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook. And again, tune in again tomorrow. All right. So, I've got just a little bit of time left, <clears throat> and of course I can't get my throat clear. <laughs> a little bit of time left before we have to reset the hour. And first of all, again, I wanted to thank Ron uh, for joining me today and sitting down and having this uh, extensive conversation. And I hope that you'll overlook some of my uh, verbiage slippage. Uh, I just realized, uh, listening in as we were getting close to the end of uh, that session, that uh, I said, you're not going to want to hear this. <laughs> for those of you that are uh, listening on terrestrial radio, what I meant to say is you're not going to want to miss this uh, because we will be talking about it uh, in what's going to amount to the second hour of today's live broadcast. But that is going to have to be it for today uh, if you are indeed listening on terrestrial radio. Uh, so remember, tune in again uh, on the next broadcast day, whatever station you're listening to. And uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, of course, uh, you shouldn't take my word for anything. You shouldn't take Ron's word for uh, being the gospel either. Just, just don't take our word for it. Go see for yourself. Put in your own effort, do your own research. Look at those original sources, original documents, and see for yourself how simple it is to understand what they're trying to say. Not a lot of room for interpretation. And that way, not only will you not take my word for it, but you won't take their word for it either. You're going to have to put in some effort, do your own research, if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, that's going to be it for uh, this first hour. One last message to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. before I go. This is Tim Tapp.
was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He couldn't say when He couldn't say how He couldn't say why She was different in his eyes And had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't You're listening to Tap Into The Truth My name's Joe Biden all of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president.
Tap into the Truth, 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 Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, we're just a little, little bit down the road from Knoxville, if you're not too familiar with us. Uh, not exactly in Knoxville, but eh, close enough that we can get there in less than 20 minutes. <laughs> so uh, that's really uh, as much as you need to know if you know, you're a leftist and trying to track me down. It can be done. I actually had that happen once. Uh, somebody knew... Uh, one of my scheduled guests and thought they were going to be in studio instead of over the phone. And uh, it was a funny story. And I've told you guys about it before. And if you're new to the show, uh, you can kind of head back into, uh, into the archives and get a peek at it. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll just tell you the full story later. I don't really have much time because this first segment is going to be running long to begin with. Uh, for those of you that are listening on Terrestrial Radio, time of the live broadcast is a Sunday, uh, July 24th. Uh, as per the normal situation, we have been back recently to having the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. And uh, I did that earlier today. And our conversation ended up running about an hour and a half. And uh, that, of course, means I've had to break the, the uh, <laughs> conversation down into segments. And one of the things that we've really been talking about, something that Ron has been very vehement about for a very long time now, is the seven pillars of society. And I've been threatening for a while to have him come on and let's just talk about those pillars. And uh, we kind of broached the topic with another segment of this uh, this particular conversation I had today. So let me go ahead and take you back once again to the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. This is part three. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. Uh, once again, we're continuing the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. And uh, first, before we do that, since this is carried over to the second hour, so for those of you listening on Terrestrial Radio, it's a whole new day. <laughs> so I will reintroduce my friend uh, and uh, just the all-around liberty warrior, and definitely an American patriot, uh, the host of of the Ron Edwards American Experience, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ron Edwards. Ron, again, thank you so much for blocking off part of your Sunday afternoons and spending so much time talking to my listeners. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me, and it's an honor to be here with you and your audience. And uh, it's uh, I, I enjoy uh, it, discussing our, our, our nation um, and uh, just doing my small part to help in the discussion, to encourage people to uh, fight for their God-given liberties, and uh, let's uh, work together to restore this wonderful republic. All right. Uh, you know, one of the things that you did early on is you identified the seven pillars of society, and you have laid them out in just about every broadcast you do. Uh, you still manage, whether you point it out directly or not, you manage to talk about the news of the day and relate it 
to either a failing or an attempt at rebuilding these pillars. Uh, you laid out the pillars as being media, uh, free market economies, government, family, education, art and entertainment, and religion. Uh, I tend to think that uh, there's a certain order of importance, but they are all vital to have a free uh, society that exists in true liberty. And uh, with that having been said, I really would like to uh, start today's broadcast with uh, one of those areas that uh, you and I happen to uh, spend some time trying to help reestablish as a credible thing for uh, the American public, uh, that being the media. Uh, first, what was it that led you to the seven pillars and why do you feel like they're so important that that be part of uh, any conservative message? Well, the, what, what uh, led me to that is the fact that the, every important entity is held up by pillars. It is held up by principles, which are called uh, pillars, or organizations, which are called pillars. Um, and without these foundational pillars, the entity crumbles. And if, or if you have these, these, these particular pillars, and they're corrupted, your society can crumble as well. And, and one of the things that um, and God gave us the, uh, the tools, the knowledge, the wisdom to engage in these tools called pillars. But in order for our society to be successful, our pillars have to be clean. They have to be uh, direct in, in their purpose. And you mentioned the media, the media all the way by just keeping it to our country. If you go all the way back to the days of the town crier, the media was one of the first connecting factors of the masses. When people would come together to hear information, to hear the truth or what they believed to be the truth. And if for a long time, uh, whether you liked the media or not, or whether you liked what they were talking about or not, for the most part, the media was driven by the effort, the goal at least to tell the people the truth about what is going on in our in their society because not everyone can be every place at, at the same time and uh you know journalists were expected to go and find the truth and and tell us the truth and not taint the truth based upon their personal opinions uh based upon their level of morality or in or immorality it's the facts ma'am and um if, for example, our society were to m maintain a high level of morality, we would have a, a higher level of media uh, in this country. Now, we do have a segment of the media that is growing that has a high moral content. I would include your broadcast in, in that department, uh, Tim, as a representation of, of good moral principles, good moral thought and conversation. And that's what the media should be overall. Thank God we still have the freedom to participate as we do. And um, it, it, like I said, media is is meant to bring us together. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the one of the biggest gathering points uh, of all time during the 1960s was at six o'clock when everyone would be at dinner watching Walter Cronkite. And they believed him. I think there was a nickname they had for him, Uncle Walter or something like that. And there was a sense of honor. There was a sense of decency. No, he wasn't Mr. Perfect. 
but there was at least a semblance of that. He told more truth than lies. So um, it is what it is. It's things have, have, have greatly deteriorated. And here we are. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the I think Walter Cronkite is probably one of the best examples of uh, of where the media made its transition to. He had one of the people that literally was considered to be the face of the truth for the longest time. And if you did not watch any of his commentaries up until the time of the, uh, the Vietnam War, uh, everything before that, you would have had no idea if this guy was a Democrat or a Republican. Every time he reported a story, every time he said the facts, you got no bias whatsoever. That was the idea of what journalism should be. Uh, media relies on the principles of journalism. Unfortunately, way too many people that have a degree in journalism don't follow those principles anymore. Uh, they become part of the agenda. They realized that they could start telling the truth. Somewhere along the lines of the Washington Post and the takedown of uh, Richard Nixon, they started believing that they should be more than just truth tellers, gatherers of facts, but they should actually be cultural warriors, that they should fight for what they believe to be true. And uh, we, we saw this huge example of that, but previous to that, there had always been flaws in the media. Uh, there had always been bias. We, we are familiar with the term yellow journalism, uh, but the point still stands. It has a tremendous power because, like you said, people tend to be communal uh, in nature. They typically like people. Uh, now, there are obvious exceptions to that. But we like to share stuff. We like to share what we create. We like to, to share our opinions. We like to talk with people that are going to offer up confirmation bias. So there's always been the threat. We saw yellow journalism. We saw uh, everything from these ideas of uh, pretending uh, to, to tell the truth while they knew they were just trying to manipulate people. Uh, but media still permeates with value. And I think that that kind of also in, intertangles with the arts and entertainment pillar, which we'll talk about separately at another point in time. But a lot of that same influence falls as to why it's so important. If enough people demand that they be offered up facts and not just uh, confirmation biased, is that the key to restoring media as a fully functional pillar to a free American society? That's part of it. The other part is seeking out those who are telling the truth and being willing to support them, being willing to support, uh, uh, tap into the truth, being willing to support the Edwards Notebook or the Ron Edwards American Experience instead of complaining about the dragon media, but still not uh, paying a lot of attention on a large scale to those of us who are telling the truth on a daily basis. And that, that, you know, it still comes down to whom the, the individuals, the, the, the people of this country, their decisions and people have been snowed for a long time, even with during the days of so-called honesty in media, let's not forget the great Edward R. Murrow convinced America that uh, Senator Joe McCarthy was a no good Nick. 
when in reality he was a very good individual who meant much good for this country. Turns out he was really true about the infiltration of communism and things that he talked about in this country. And Edward R. Murrow, the great communicator that he was, convinced many well-meaning Americans that Senator Joe McCarthy, not the communist infiltrators, was the bad guy. And so you've had this bull capitalist with a hit in the media for a long time, but at least they were undercover, and at least there was still a lot of truth-telling in the media. So um, Edward R. Murrow was able to get away with what he did. So people themselves have to have their wits about them. I mean, I look at the same media as everyone else, went to government schools just like everyone else, but it comes down to a choice. What do you, what do you want? What do you, what do you, what is it that, uh, what is your, what's in your heart? What do you want to be true? Do, are you willing to just automatically glom on to everything negative said about the United States or Donald Trump or whatever? Or are you willing to research for yourself as an individual? Because it's nothing more than a uh, an intellectual grocery store. The shows are out there on both sides of the aisle. But are the, the American people comes down to choices. Are the American people willing, instead of always looking at the same people that they complain about, even Fox News, but are they willing to give Tim Tap a bigger shot so the Tim Tap's show could to be much larger and, and have more of an influence and an, and an impact on younger people and things of that nature, like the, like the dragon media? So... Good media is out there, a lot of it. So now people are going to have to start making a choice. It's the same thing like in church land. There's a lot of crappy churches, but there's some good ones. Yeah. And it comes down to what you're going to choose. You can People run around and say so many ministers are full of crap, but those are the kind of ministers they still follow. And then the good guys remain, remain the tiny uh, you know, churches that have very little impact on society, even though they're telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So what, what it comes down to what do people really want? Well, yeah, it also kind of comes down to a, a more fundamental understanding of sometimes what you need is the exact opposite of what you want. What mm. you want sometimes is going to get you in trouble and you've got to reach a certain maturity level, I think. And, Part of the efforts of the left has been to prevent our children, our youth, uh, from maturing as quickly as they used to. Ron, you and I know that uh, there was a time in this country where by the time you were 15, you were capable of making it on your own uh, because you were raised up with responsibilities to start with. Whereas now we are seeing the effects of young children who, uh, as they, they, they're given no real responsibilities and there's no real expectations placed on them. The, uh, the participation trophy generations now has a generation after them. And when these people show up uh, to try and do anything, the first hint of a little bit of, uh, of an obstacle, they crumble. 
I've seen this in person just this past week, Ron, uh, involving my day job where uh, we had this uh, a new employee who showed up. And as soon as they were asked to actually perform a task, they got so worked up about even expecting uh, the expectation that they should be able to do it, that they couldn't complete the training to learn how. They, they tried one time with this task and actually did okay at the task, especially for a first-timer, but still collapsed and uh, couldn't come back, couldn't bring themselves to come back. And otherwise, from interactions I'd had, perfectly uh, reasonable young person should have been able to handle a lot more. But again, it's obvious with no expectations uh, and a media pushing this idea that no one should have expectations of you other than what you have on yourself. Uh, it's difficult to have a country that's going to be able to stand uh, for much longer. Uh, it's mind-boggling that this is where we've gotten to based on where we have been in the past. And the media certainly shares a huge amount of that blame. Uh, we live in a time where most people don't want the truth. They just want confirmation bias. Uh, that's part of why I lost a lot of uh, listeners in the earliest days of the uh, Trump campaign because uh, a lot of the folks that listened to the show were uh, all about Trump. And I had a lot of concerns about him early on. I, I knew he had been a registered Democrat. I knew a lot of his social ideas were very left-leaning. And I, I felt like he was probably more of a uh, go-with-the-flow kind of guy than somebody that was standing on principle, that he, he looked for pragmatism over principle. And sometimes you have to make that take that route. But if you take that route every time, then what are you really standing for? And I still kind of feel like a lot of that still applies. But I'm happy to say that he proved me wrong on a majority of that because he turned out being one of the better presidents we've had in a long time uh, from a policy standpoint and from an economic standpoint. And you can make arguments about just about everything else. The media hates him, though. The media wants me banned. Uh, the media wants you banned. They don't want us to have a platform, and we they certainly don't want us using their platforms to expose these people to a new idea. Uh, we see this a lot with the social media, the new media, uh, the one that's affecting these young kids the most. It is the youth we need to really uh, influence and impact the most. Uh, what do you think is going to help you moving forward with the Ron Edwards American experience uh, to capture more of this youth and get this idea of these seven pillars of society uh, firmly planted uh, as a seed in the brains of these young people who are going to have to carry this torch after we're no longer here? Ooh, man, that is a question. Um, well, I the first, the first thing I can say well, I'm trying to really think of a great answer. <laughs> the first thing I can say is just to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, now, to, to, to go beyond that, um, because I don't want to be like we're, you know, we don't want to be like we're on hamster wheels. We're just doing it, uh, but going nowhere. I just believe that uh, we have to continue to be more creative in our shows. We have to be. Um, to do things that uh, attract the attention of the young. Um, sometimes you have to have uh, a sense of edutainment 
because of the watering down of the uh, uh, the brain cell qualities of, 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 of generations, especially the most recent ones, you've got to be more fun and entertaining. And at the same time, in some, that's one of the best ways to get your, your point across. If you make people laugh and make them think at the same time, your ideas sink in once you, you get people laughing. Or, at the other hand, you get them so pissed off. Do you believe that guy? Unbelievable. And they bump their gums in that way, and then other ones tune in and things of that nature. It just We just have to be creative in, in, this, in, this, in this arena. And to always make sure that we're always telling the truth, no matter what style we use, whether it's sarcasm, whether it's... Uh, uh, comedy, whether it's just straight facts, we have to be telling the truth. And I do believe that as we in our private time seek, seek our Heavenly Father in this, that he will make a way for our gifts and talents. Because we are in a war, Tim. We are in a battle. And I pray and hope that, that God realizes that you and I are on his side and he's serious about wanting people to get the truth, even in the media realm. And if that is true, I believe that he's going to open doors and make sure that we are not wiped out. Because even though uh, YouTube wiped out my entire um, YouTube channel, had over 4,000 folks. 3,700, I think, when by the time it was wiped out. Not a lot, but more than a, more than three or 400. And they saw fit to, next thing you know, the um, password has been taken, and um, I can't get back to it. Yeah. Yes, I got a warning like you did, but um, I guess they didn't like the Edwards Notebook. It pissed them off, and uh, here we are. But I haven't given up. You, 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 you still use the terrestrial radio. You continue to use the, uh, the numerous uh, Internet outlets. And you just keep plugging away. And you put it in God's hands. As the founding fathers, they put all the ideas that they had and all the effort. At the, at the end of the day, many of them, including Samuel Adams, put it in God's hands. And, I, and it's backed up by their writings. Even Benjamin Franklin said, you know what? I have to admit, the principles of Christianity should be the way to go. Slight paraphrasing, but... Right. And, and in order for us to get back to that point where people say, you know what? Um, I got to admit, that stuff really works for our betterment. You have to convince people that they want what is good. Now what you and I have to do, and, and many others... We've got to convince people now to not desire what is evil. Remember when I've told you in the past about how a lot of people have been so brainwashed in the inner cities that they would rather rather see America destroyed than their quality of life improved? Yeah. And I came to that conclusion because what else can you say, Tim, if people are allowed, have allowed themselves to be hoodwinked into living below every dog in my neighborhood, okay, way below the level of the dogs that live in my neighborhood for 60 years, going on 70 years in the Democrat Party. 
And when you come in there with ideas, as did Donald Trump when he went to the, the ghetto of uh, Detroit and he went to a minister. And the, uh, the ghetto ministers ganged up on that one gang uh, minister and said, don't you do don't you ever do that again. They don't want what's good, man. They are more immoral than you could ever try to say Donald Trump is. And this is what they want. These are ministers. We were turned away by ministers when we were going door to door at churches to help with a pro-life agency, a pro-life group. No, we don't. We don't need that here. So we've got to convince people to talk about going back to the basics. That they want good. So that when we speak of what is good and righteous and what is good for society and for them as individuals, that, that, that at least their goal is good. So that when we speak of good, that they'll make the mental connection and help us in the fight to restore this republic. But until we get them out of that genre of evil, of desiring uh, our society to be nothing more than a collection of, of, of idiots and, and morons and, and evildoers, as most people in certain neighborhoods want. That's why most blackies uh, support, uh, you know, open borders. Despite the fact that most of those people coming from those various nations do not like black people at all and are displacing black people with the help of the federal government. So they, in, until they want good, they're not going to have good. Well, I, can, I think our biggest fight now, Ron, <clears throat> is actually convincing them uh, that uh, what good actually is. We are li literally living in the days, as was biblically prophesied, that people would uh, call evil good and good evil. And uh, we certainly see a lot of that. I mean, every time Nancy Pelosi opens her mouth, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about uh, the murder of preborn baby humans, uh, she talks about that being a good for women when it is a, a clearly an evil period. Uh, there are or countless other examples, that one just comes to mind because I've written about Nancy Pelosi's defense of, uh, of abortion on multiple occasions. And, uh, of course, Joe Biden walking around talking about how he's such a good Catholic. And then the Pope himself says that that's kind of a dissident idea to claim to be a good Catholic and uh, still try to defend uh, the murder of preborn baby humans. Uh, so, it's uh, we're living in those days, Ron, and that's our biggest obstacle. And we need the media's help to do that. And unfortunately, the existing media is not. They've chosen a side. We have to continue to build new media like you were talking about. Uh, but first and foremost, we have to utilize those talents, as you were saying, in order to get that message through first. Because until we can get enough people recognizing that uh, just we'll say abortion, until we can get people recognizing that the murder of these preborn babies uh, is an act of evil, then we're just spinning our wheels and, and we're not making the kind of headway that it should be easy. There's so many things that should be obvious. Uh, you should want criminals uh, locked away at least long enough 
for it to make an impact on them. And if it's never going to, if they're not going to reform, then you should want them kept safely away from your friends and your neighbors and presumably from you. You shouldn't be like Black Lives Matter out here protesting uh, the shooting death of someone that was literally trying to kill another black person. Uh, you know, <coughs> the, this, this woman has to confront these protesters. And I don't know if you noticed or not, Ron, I'm guessing uh, you might have seen the footage here, but the majority of protesters that you saw in the video footage of this woman screaming at them, a lot of them were white liberals uh, trying to be the savior complex, and they were standing there in the name of Black Lives Matters Incorporated. Uh, whereas, if you truly believed that Black Lives Mattered, you would be against so much of what the organization is for, starting with uh, the uh, nuclear family, which again is another one of those pillars, and we'll talk about that more, but I got to stop being so greedy with your time. So I'm going to let you comment about that. And then we're going to wind things down because you've already been super generous today. Well, one of the, I have a, a next door neighbor. It's a couple. I don't even speak to them. The reason why is because they are the type of people that you just described. They're white and they're not liberals. They're leftists. There's a big heap of difference. They're leftists who support evil. They pretend to like black people, but the only time they support black people actively is when it comes time to um, standing up and saying like it's their right to do this evil thing, such as abortion, which is drastically depreciating the population numbers of black Americans. And this is all by this orchestrated design. And uh, the blacks are, in some cases, either too thick in the noggin or just evil in their own mindset. And they don't care. They don't care. Uh, and in a lot of cases, I know of some, they don't care that it's even harming them because they're willing to go along and get along. They've got Whitey patting them on the head and joining with them to support this evil. And I'm not exaggerating. I am not one iota exaggerating, Tim. And I, you know, it's it's all around me. I live in a very, 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 very leftist um, city, very beautiful place. Oh, my gosh, if you drive through, you'd think, my gosh, they must be all Trump lovers. Very affluent, very nice. Uh, the whole nine yards, idyllic, as they would say, idyllic. But my God, they, they are political um, communists. And uh, the ones next door, I don't even speak to them. I cannot, I can't do it. I don't wish them any harm. I don't do anything to them. I just cut off my communications because uh, of the things that uh, they let me know they support. And they're all detrimental to black Americans. I mean, detrimental. This, that is not an exaggeration. And number one is abortion. But they support all the negativity that uh, goes on in black lives that don't matter in reality to the leftists. Uh, but yet they wouldn't live that way. They wouldn't. It's just like the, all the Jews that live around me. They're they're liberals, and some of them are leftist. And they've told me when Ali Obama was in office, well, he's good for. It. And they say it like this, Tim. Your people, right? This was at an event where these Jews asked me to speak against Ali Obama for the nuclear deal on behalf of Israel. Right. And then they turn around. He's but he but he's good for your people, right? 
And of course, I had to straighten her out, even though she was very old. I did it in, in a good manner. I, I wasn't disrespectful because she was way my elder. But this is what I'm saying. The, the liberals and leftists, whites, they they think we should live like, uh, you know, b- below the level of the dogs in, in our neighborhood. And, and, and most of the, the, for instance, in Metro Detroit, in the city, most of the people by choice live far below the level of the dogs and cats in our community. And that is, that is, that is literally uh, uh, true. And, and it's by choice because these are two legged human beings that live in these ghettos and they choose to live this way. And yet they will vote Democrat. They will keep their heads squeezed tight in the back end of the golden donkey. And that's what, that's what they love. You come with solutions about life and this, that, and the other, they will threaten your life and curse you and things of that nature. And I'm talking about the ones in the church. So, uh, Tim, our, our, our work is cut out for us. But at the same time, there, there comes a point where we have to circle the wagons. And what I mean by that is that those of us who believe in what is uh, what is right, we believe in a more righteous standard. We believe in, in in our in our Creator and through His Son Jesus Christ. We appreciate this nation called the United States of America. We all have to circle our wagons and unite and become like this tight army and and fight back and push back and and under God's tutelage and wisdom, and we can win. Because there comes a point where you cannot, you, you have to realize you can't reach everybody and you will not. Jesus, Jesus couldn't reach everybody. He went into certain cities as great as he was. And in some cities, he could not do a thing because they were so against him in their minds. The miracles did not work because there was no faith and there was no and there was disdain for him. And that is the way we have to look at it. And he, he didn't he didn't sweat it. He said, OK. Like Peter said, you shake the dust from your feet and you keep on moving. And we, and that's that's where we're at, Tim. We are. I think we're there. And it's time for us to circle our wagons, grow up, put on our grown up, our, our big boy pants and big girl pants and go from there. And, and we'll have a much better chance of uh, winning this this war that we're in. Yeah. Well, that's certainly uh love to to try and maintain the the uh, sense of optimism because uh, I, I think you're right uh, we will eventually win we we know how things end I just would like to see a little more impact a little bit earlier uh, Ron again thank you so very much for being so generous with your time I thank you for everything that you're doing in this battle and uh, again the reminder here is we talk about the seven pillars of society uh, addressing media. Uh, we have a variety of forms of media, and most of which have been corrupted and are used for evil. Uh, as we move forward, the battle to restore the republic is going to depend on a restoration of a positive media. Uh, shows like the Edwards Notebook, shows like uh, Southern Sense Talk Radio, shows like the Don Smith Show, uh, Rod Eccles, uh, people that are out there trying to make sure that they're more than just a figurehead and they're more than just trying to make a buck, but that they are legitimately prepared to defend the ideas of 
what built America, what truly built America, not the lies of the 1619 Project, not the lies that are being put forth by current elected office holders, regardless of what letter they put at the end of their name, mm -hmm. uh, but the truth and honesty, because uh, you, to your point just a minute ago, I'm pretty sure right now, Ron, if you were on social media and Jesus was uh, brand new to the scene, uh, he'd be getting hit with all kinds of uh, missing context <laughs> warnings, and I'm pretty sure he'd be labeled a uh, a radical uh, revolutionist with uh, dangerous ideas. Sometimes that's what it takes. So, uh, Ron, thank you so much. One more time, please let everybody know where they can find your work. Please, folks, tune in uh, to the Ron Edwards American Experience weekdays, Monday through Friday, via K-Star Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we have a good time, and uh, we'll be glad to have you. All right. And as always, sir, thank you so much for uh, being here. And I look forward to our next gathering. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, a week seems an awful long time when I'm uh, so anxiously awaiting us getting to talk again. Thank you so much, sir. And uh, Godspeed. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ron Edwards. All right. Well, that was the Sunday afternoon conversation that I and Ron had this past Sunday. And uh, I, we, we did tend to hit a lot of topics, and uh, we expounded on them. I, I kind of like the podcasting format uh, in that fashion. You can get a little more in-depth, and you can get a better feel for the individual. Meanwhile, we are well past the uh, mid-hour break, so let's go ahead and do that right now. Uh, please, don't go anywhere, and we'll be right back. Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. If nations are to be judged by how they treat their children, then the United States could soon be in big, heap of trouble. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Once upon a time, children in America were seen as little innocent ones who needed proper guidance and were to be cherished because it was the right thing to do. Parents were at one time bound by their God-given duty and privilege to raise their children in the way that they should go so that they would not permanently depart from the goals to live a life of high morals, belief in God, and to be a positive contributor to society. Lurking in the shadows, however, were those of the leftist ideology which centered around personal, national, and global destruction. Today, some parents and numerous educators participate in grooming little children for living in a natural lifestyle of sexual confusion, hatred of themselves, hatred of God, country, and the family. Many young students in San Francisco are forced via a adult negligence to walk through blocks of brutish and filthy homeless adults and their sidewalk excrement. Wake up, America. How you treat your children will dictate our nation's future. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. To find out where and when to find the Ron Edwards American Experience, go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. And I never found that trickle-down on top of my head very much. I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Sit down our pipelines and they sit down our voices. Shut down our main streets and they shut down our choices. Defend us all over, but it's all over now. We figured it out. We ain't backing down. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you all right where the sun don't shine i tell you what uh john rich is killing it with that song right there if you haven't heard it yet uh you need to go track it down just an fyi uh i'm digging it a lot of you are saw where it uh, hit number one on itunes over the weekend uh upending a lot of other uh great tunes but this one very strong anti woke <laughs> very anti-woke uh, tunes and there seems to be a big market for it so way to go john rich uh, before we get back to the main topics of today's broadcast and i just have one last topic to cover today i want to uh, ask you to do me a small favor in the show description you're going to see a link to built and uh, i'd like for you to click that link uh, because that's going to allow you to go visit the built website and you'll get to see all the great items that built is offering uh, just a lot of healthy stuff uh, great great items primarily still uh, the uh, built bars that are fantastic i mean yeah, they keep calling them protein bars i keep calling them candy bars they are definitely not a tomato tomato kind of deal though because usually if you say protein bars you're talking about stuff that tastes like cardboard mm, not from built these things are awesome right now as of this moment in time brand new they have the s'mores bar flavor oh my goodness gracious i uh, finally got mine in just the other day and tasty tasty i it's just amazing that it's so freaking healthy and yet that good uh, if you're like me you got a sweet tooth and it's hard to satisfy it sometimes built does not miss the mark now if you're listening on terrestrial radio and you don't have a show description to press the link on or to copy that link and paste it into your web browser whichever may be most effective 
and depending on whether or not the link in its entirety is live, because I know some of you are still having issues with that, has to do with how the show is distributed for syndication purposes. You know, uh, these connections, I don't get to control that, and I apologize for those of you that aren't getting them, but you can always look and see the link in its entirety. You can copy and paste it. But if you're listening on radio, that's not an option for you either. So later on, when you get a chance, just come visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth all one word, dot com. Uh, scroll past uh, the uh, section on recent guests on the homepage, and you'll start seeing banners and uh, buttons. And you can start clicking on those, and you'll see some that will take you to build. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's great stuff. What are you waiting for? Go check it out. Come on. All right, let's, let's delve in. We've got time for one more topic. And... Uh, no, I, I kind of have to uh, say that with everything that's going on, our bigger topic right now should be monkeypox. Yeah, because it's scary, right? It's very scary. The left is continuing to try to scare us further with the monkeypox. Uh, people are making fun of it. They're not taking it very seriously because a lot of folks have explained the primary vector of transmission and how it's generally thought. But now there seems to be some concern that there are new vectors of transmission, which has led the World Health Organization to declare a global health emergency uh, due to the monkeypox. In fact, the HWO has indeed declared monkeypox a global health emergency, uh, and uh, the group's director came out and said point blank, quote, rapidly, uh, it's spreading rapidly through new modes of transmission around the world. Now, despite the HWO, excuse me, despite the HWO panel not having consensus on labeling the sickness a global health emergency, the leader of the organization directed them to declare it a public health emergency of international concern. Leads you to wonder exactly why it is that he feels it necessary to post it like that, but he says, and I'm quoting now, we have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little and which meets the criteria. The disease, which primarily spreads among men who have uh, sexual activity with men, and, well, they tend to join with the uh, COVID and, and polio as other diseases designated as international emergencies by the Global Health Organization. Now, I'm, I, I see, I'm tongue-tied here because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and just the fact that we describe this as men who have sex with men as opposed to just saying homosexual activity amongst males. Uh, why can you not use that verbiage? It's the same verbiage we used to use, and now they're just being all scary. But wouldn't that be gay and bi anyway? I mean, doesn't that cover that? Because even when a bisexual is having sex with another male, then you are still engaging in the homosexual 
activity as opposed to the bisexual activity, right? Uh, I guess, sort of. Of course, then again, I suppose if you're a male and you're having sex with a male, that's what makes you bisexual. This is not a topic in a, an explanation and a discussion I ever thought I would be having on air when I started the show. Okay, I just find it very weird, and I find it somewhat upsetting, too, because it violates the rules of the left, doesn't it? Because, you know, some men have vaginas. It's according to the left. So, isn't this men who have sex with uh, biological men? Uh, shouldn't they have made that distinction, perhaps? It seems homophobic not to. Well, no, not homophobic, transphobic. See how confusing they've made this? <laughs> it's not really confusing at all. Anyway, this disease, it is still primarily showing up in homosexual and bisexual male communities where guys are having sex with guys. That's really all it comes down to. It joins COVID, it joins polio, which, you know, Polio has returned to the United States this past week, by the way, if you missed that. And uh, it's it's an astounding, scary thing. Because we are seeing these new diseases rise up because leftist policies have turned some of the biggest and some of the formerly most beautiful, most powerful cities that existed in this country back into third world holes. And uh, in that process, they have created the emergence or re-emergence of diseases that had been previously conquered in the United States. This is yet another one. Polio is back in the U.S. And now we seem to be having more instances of the monkeypox here in the U.S. Now, still, monkeypox remains uh, a long prevalent, uh, a long existing disease prevalent in parts of Africa. It's been spreading around the world in recent months after circulating at uh, certain raves in Europe. Now, excluding Africa, there's about 16,000 cases worldwide, including uh, somewhere around 3,000 cases currently in the United States. There have been no known deaths to date from the disease outside of Africa, but that still qualifies it as a world emergency. Now, what's the uh, actual wordage here again? Global health emergency. I, I don't know if you should be that concerned, but uh, here is something that they seem to think that you should be concerned about in regards to the monkeypox. It seems it's been detected in the San Francisco area as wastewater. You know, as the virus that plagues mainly gay men continues to surge in certain areas of the country, it's been detected there. So not exactly surprising that if it's something so prevalent in the uh, gay community, that San Francisco would be amongst the areas that would be affected. But uh, Stanford's Sewer Coronavirus Alert Network, uh, or you can call it SCAN for short, they do. It recently added the monkeypox virus to the list of viruses to check for in wastewater. Since adding it, monkeypox has been detected in 10 out of the 11 sewer systems that SCAN actually tested. That also includes ones in Sacramento, uh, Palo Alto, and several other cities in the California Bay Area. Uh, this according to MIT's Technology Review. 
The Bay Area is at the forefront of wastewater surveillance because we are Silicon Valley, after all. Uh, this is a quote from Alexandria Bohem, a co-director of SCAN and a Stanford professor who just happens to study how pathogens spread. Uh, his quote continues, But it's not that California has monkeypox in the wastewater and no place else does. Okay. I would hope that's not the case. More than 2,500 cases of monkeypox have been recorded in the U.S. in recent months. Now, that's conflicting data with the about 2,000 cases that uh, we've had reported in other instances. But in the current resurgence, the virus has turned up in 74 countries, including 68 that had never seen it. Earlier this week, the World Health Organization declared monkeypox a global health emergency, which the group's director says is spreading rapidly through new modes of transmission around the world. Now remember, this is a virus that was first discovered back in the 1950s, uh, 1958 to be precise, uh, while they were doing research on, you guessed it, monkeys. It spread to humans in the early 70s. While extremely rare and not easily transmitted, uh, transmitted, enunciation being important, the ongoing outbreak has been traced to gay sexual activity in two recent raves in Europe, according to an WHO expert. Now, I get why they have to trace this and track it down and all that good stuff. It's part of doing the proper research. But what is inevitably going to happen here is it's going to make its way into the general population. It's not going to be limited to just uh, the gay men. All right. So for everybody who thinks they're completely unaffected by this because they're not gay men, you might want to keep an eye on this breaking into other communities because it inevitably will. Should you be overly concerned? Probably not. But one thing is certain. They're continuing to make a big deal about this because they know your fear of COVID is dissipating, even though their best efforts at trying to get you scared to death of the new Omicron subvariant that is super contagious, but just not particularly dangerous. I mean, even Joe Biden, who has a case of it, is able to continue to work through the symptoms. And Joe, being as old as he is, if he's not suffering any other ill effects to the point that he can actually continue to, I, I don't know what passes for work for Joe, uh, a few appearances here and there, shaking some hands and then uh, shuffling around looking lost for half the day until Matlock comes on. I don't know. Joe's got a unique schedule. But the point being, if he can continue on his normal routine with uh, minor inconvenience, Perhaps it's time for everybody to stop being afraid of COVID. Uh, so please stop with the recommendations for further masking and for continuations of multiple booster shots of the jab. We, we just don't need that. And since I know most people are already thinking that way, you don't need me to tell you, they have got to have something new, scary to put out there. So uh, monkeypox, it seems to be. Uh, I'm sure they'll spin the little uh, the little needle on their little circle wheel of doom to try and figure out something next after that. 
certainly do not want you thinking too much about Hunter Biden. Certainly do not want you thinking too much about how terrible the economy is. So, you know, need you to be scared so you won't want to go vote in person so they can, you know, do shenanigans. <laughs> All right. That's going to have to be it for today. Thank you so very much for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate you, each and every one. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And oh, yeah, just one last time for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp.
is using both hands. <laughs> <laughs> 